Hey, this is Douglas Light. I recently came out with my novel, Where Night Stops, on Rare Bird, and uh, thrilled to be speaking with Christopher. Uh, this is Christopher Zyshag, also known as the ex-porn star Danny Wilde. I came out with a book called Body to Job, also through Rare Bird Books, and uh, I'm also excited to be here talking with Douglas. Cool. Great. Hey, um, again, thank you for taking the time to, to chat. I just kind of want to jump in yeah, um, sure. and talk about Body to Work and how well, there's a few things going on here, which is kind of interesting. First off, you were one of the few people, this is something I always aspired to be, but a renaissance man. I mean, you do, <laughs> you act, you direct, you write, you're in a band going on tour here in a couple of days. Um, so there's this whole artistry about it, which is kind of interesting because your book is about your life in adult films and porn. So I wanted to talk about, uh, one, the writing of it, and how uh, you've come at it and kind of stripped it the writing itself stripped it of any flourish. It's kind of, I really see, you know, the screenwriter in you. And that to me created a real uh, poignancy to the work and made it uh, human, humorous, and kind of pulling the curtain and getting behind the scenes. Oh, thank you so much, Douglas. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we both have a very minimalist style, at least from what I can tell reading your latest book. Um, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, with you in regards to to my work I did go to film school and and there's probably a little bit of that desire to to be a screenwriter I at least tried my hand at that but kind of abandoned it for a while when I I realized how difficult it was to break into that in Hollywood right um so I I did start writing uh what I hoped would be books but even before I could find a publisher I, I kind of went to the the blog style in, in my early 20s um and, and that's kind of where some of those stories originate uh like body to job my book <clears throat> is more or less a memoir though there's a, a little bit of fiction in there but it is um it is told in short story format and uh some of that has to do with how it originated like i said uh when i first got into the industry i don't know the it, I didn't have a lot of experience uh, or contact. Obviously, I didn't have experience with sex work prior to doing it, but I didn't have context for it. I was like most people, I think. I don't know what most people think about porn, but I had a <laughs> negative uh, perception about it, or at least I just thought it was sleazy or something like that. I don't know. What do you think right. about porn? <laughs> well, that's what's kind of interesting, the whole fact, because there is that aspect. But then there's also, you know, I feel... And I'm speaking for myself, but yeah. this is glamorous aspect to it too. It's just like, and I think what you accomplished in your, your book is, Hey, you still have a life going on on top of everything else that people consume out in the public because they see you on screen and they think they know you. I mean, it's, and I'm sure you being out in LA have done this all the time. You, you run into an actor that uh, you know of and you feel, you know them, but in reality you don't, you know, their character on the screen. So it's like, you have this, dual life going on and it was just really interesting you know talking about going through your relationships with uh who do we have andrea and gene and then you know all these problems that everyone deals with on top of uh what's actually being projected in public yeah um i think 
I guess it would help if I posed a question. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to address that necessarily. I mean, you're right. There are these kind of dual realities. And, you know, maybe part of why I started writing about porn um, and my experiences in porn were kind of to deal with that. I mean, I did within the first couple of years um, start getting at least fan email. Right. That was very strange because people would kind of refer to me as if I was this character in the porn. Do you know what I mean? Um, I started out um, very early on doing some gay porn and then fell into a contract with like a a MILF company, like a straight MILF company. And I'd have all these people come at me with like these really strange fantasies, sometimes about sleeping with their mothers or something like that. And um I mean, that's, you're supposed to, you're supposed to relate yeah, to that, huh? Exactly. You're, you're, a, kindred, <laughs> so, you're a kindred soul. <laughs> so I don't know. I think like, I don't know if for you, it, you have, you can relate to this, but it, especially when I was younger, I had some desire to be understood or something like that. Maybe that's why I, I did some of my work. Um, I don't know that I care as much anymore, but yeah, I just wanted to balance it out, maybe. And so don't you don't know. care so much. Just jumping back to the care so much about being understood, and or just about being out there, or well, the accolades about, or about being understood. Right. Uh, I think that even so. So now, having put out a couple of books and and having Body to Job come out, I still think that there's a disconnect with the way people read your work. And I don't necessarily mean in a literary context, but the way people consume your work and have an idea about you and then have, and then uh, sort of approach you and and then what you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I kind of want to bounce this back on you really quick. Yeah. Because your book you know, it's it's quite different from mine in some ways. Uh, it's a noir. It's it's definitely fiction, I think. But I have this assumption about you after reading it that this character comes from you in a lot of ways. I mean, he's uh, he seems very lonely. He doesn't have like he he doesn't have like a a relationship that goes the course of the book, other than with like these kind of um nefarious con men nefarious (laughs) exactly but like but he's not you know emotionally tied up with them at least in the beginning yeah and uh but you know he sees all the he has these kind of short-term relationships throughout the book he's living on his own he's he's kind of traveling all over the world and he's homeless in the beginning um i don't know is this does this have anything to do with your life experience or you're just making all of this up? Um, no, it does have some reference. Um, building off of when I first got done with college, I moved to Seattle and I did become homeless. So that whole aspect, those chapters, those scenes were based off of uh, a lot of my experiences. Um, I have not murdered anyone that I'm going to confess to. So that is, <laughs> yeah, that is not my experience. Exactly. But it kind of, I think, touches back on what you're saying and being understood. You know, when I was younger, I, yeah, I wanted to be 
an artist, a writer. And, you know, I think we have this perception of what that means. And then the longer we stay in the game, the more we realize that's not what it means at all. It's just this idea of something. And, you know, now that I've been writing for 15 plus years, I, I realize it's, it's just a job, you know, much like sure. your whole book, you know, it's, it's about, Hey, it's not, it's not as interesting as it may seem, at least writing for me. It's really sitting down every day and putting in the hours. Can I ask, um, so I'm not super familiar with your work other than this book, which I was, I was very impressed with. I just want to say that out front, um, Thank you. Up front that, uh, I, I read it half of it on set when I was a grip on some really stupid show. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I went home and read the rest. Um, and the first thing that struck me, I was like, this is written like it should be a movie. And, and then I read something that I don't know if you've had any of your screenplays produced, but you are a screenwriter, right? Uh, I did adapt my first novel into a uh, screenplay and we did get it produced. Um, came out in 2011. It's called, oh the trouble with bliss and actually it was amazing we had uh michael c hall was a star and we had brie larson and peter fonda so uh i oh, was wonderful. I super check this out. yeah it's, it's definitely a fun film and it was one of those uh confluences of really not knowing what you're doing and actually accomplishing it because i think if i knew now <laughs> or if i knew then what i know now it would be like yeah this is never going to happen but uh it happened so uh that was really, really fun. But as far as uh, just sitting down and, and crafting a script from you know scratch is not uh, something I've been successful at yet. So I think I work more in a you know novel form and then move it back to screenwriting. Got it. But so, do you think that the styles overlap? I haven't read the book that you adapted, but certainly in um, Where Night Stops, mm -hmm. it has this very succinct um style that that sometimes is dialogue driven and then and then it's like but all the action i mean like you said about my work it doesn't have a lot of flourish and and i kind of love that right yeah i mean with this one i i feel i was moving into wanting to create something that was uh had more of a commercial appeal but also kind of up leveled the uh the genre, you know, that sounds kind of pompous of me, but I wanted to write something, a literary noir, if that is such a thing. Um, and I lost the thread on the question there, but. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that, no, that makes sense. I was just trying to ask about, like, whether the style of, of writing for film or TV or whatever, whatever visual style, like, kind of informs the way you write now or wrote this book in particular yeah because I, I, I think it, you know it's episodic in the same sense that yours is you know some vignettes and you know longer stories um but i've found that i have to understand the complete I, like when i've attempted to work on a screenplay from scratch I, I just don't feel i see the entire story so i almost end up having to write out the whole thing um it's like i don't know if you've seen many Graham Greene's films, but he would write the entire book first and then turn it into a screenplay, which was essentially just a screenplay with more, you know, description. Right, so, right. Um, but I've kind of, kind of feel like the book is the cow while the screenplay is the 
beefed bullion cube. <laughs> okay. Just really kind of condensing every aspect of uh, the plot, the story, you know, and then you're stripping out. You're basically handing over the job of the visuals and all the other aspects to, to someone else, to the director, to the actors. Right. Yeah. So are you going to adapt this? Or try we, yeah. The guy I worked with on the first one, we actually uh, wrote the screenplay and uh, it's been kicking around a little bit, but uh, put it aside for, for the moment because, uh, well, it's just yeah. it's a process, as you, as you well know. So, uh, yeah. you know, getting it out there. But uh, And so in regard to your stuff, I mean, you're – art itself how do you how do you differentiate or how do you create the spaces to do writing which is a super solitary endeavor where you're basically by yourself and then you know you got your band you got you know you're you're acting you had this other stuff where you're basically out in front of the crowd well <clears throat> let me say this that uh these days i'm not really an actor i mean except in very small things i, I do some like very small like art filmy type things or right. like it's like in the context of music videos for my band but um i'm no longer actively performing in adult films i quit about i guess it's four years ago now um but honestly, I had more time to write back then than I do now. I think the doing something, doing like any type of sex work, or, um, or at least in, in the context of porn, like, you know, there are really long days and it's hard for, for different reasons. But in my experience of now, like entering the workforce as uh, a variety of film production and post-production skill jobs or whatever. Um, I could say, I could say without a doubt that porn as a performer took up less of my time and therefore <laughs> coming out of like school and still doing that. Um, I felt like I was given kind of like an extended grad school experience without paying for it and and initially I wanted to like make movies and I was just getting nowhere like I got into some film fest thing with like a screenplay but that doesn't mean anything or at least it didn't to me I mean there yeah. were no opportunities that came out of that so I like you it sounds like I don't know where the um, impulse comes from but to there is a desire I think for people to write to do it and I don't know that that's like inherent or not but for me i just like i wanted to do it it feels good when i do it i mean maybe it doesn't feel good while i'm doing it but right. it feels good to to sit down and start it or it feels good to to think about that but yeah it's hard work but like um i I'm, i did that with a lot of my free time and i ended up you know writing a book prior to this and then i I started kind of getting into the politics of, of porn and, and sex work. Um, and that was a real, a driving force for me to kind of, um, write essays on a regular basis that had to do, had to do with like consent and rough sex practices in, in the sex industry. And also there was this whole thing going on back then. Uh, this was like 2012 or something mm -hmm. with, condom practices in LA it's all kind of convoluted and boring but in any ways there were like <laughs> there was like this 
for driving force for me to write. But then I would also write these personal stories. And years later, when I came back to them to try and flesh it out into a book, um, the stories that stuck with me were personal, were not political. Um, right. And because uh, I think those have a little bit more staying power and like anyone can relate to that. I mean, when you sell someone like you wrote a book about porn, automatically I think you assume that's a small audience and maybe it still is but I think I would hope that at least parts of my book um, are relatable to to a larger portion of the population well no that's what's really interesting about the work is the aspect of porn actually takes a back seat I mean you're telling the story of someone finding their way you know it's it's a a journey to adulthood it just happens to be in this industry but uh you know all the aspects you know that you touch on are comedic at times you know like the the scene where uh, i think the guy's name was larry was like can you balance the football on your cock which was pretty funny (laughs) just like oh maybe i can give it a try but then just other things you know you just got to show up for work and then there's all these you know hazards and aspects and it is work at the end of the day, it is work. Totally. And uh, uh, so I thought that was relatable. But it also kind of, uh, you touched on, which is interesting, what sort of audience, when you do readings, uh, who are the people coming out for this? Because, you know, is it, is it the people that know you from back in the day? Or are, they, are they people who are readers who are interested in that aspect? Or You know, I had uh, only one reading so far for mm-hmm. this book. And... I think half of them were kind of my friends in Los Angeles. I've kind of fallen in with this this art crowd here. So a lot of those people came out. Um, and then I did have some people who I think knew me uh, from online. At least they, they expressed that or were like hesitant or reserved to talk about it. So I think it's like about 50-50. Right. Uh, but, it, but I've noticed it's very difficult to market um, – some of this stuff like my music or or writing to some of like the hardcore porn fans i think there there is some overlap but there seems to be a certain group of people who fall into like they want to watch porn and that's interesting (laughs) to them and and they don't necessarily have like to read but then there's definitely people i've noticed from social media who uh who have found me through like Pornhub or whatever and then they end up reading a book and and they actually connect with it and that's really gratifying for me yeah that's definitely cool Uh so I also want to (laughs) say I'm really happy you enjoyed it because I I was reading your book and I've been so busy the past two days I wanted to find this again and highlight it but I can only recall from memory there's a section (laughs) the main character the protagonist of your book sleeps with a young memoirist and kind of is making fun of her and <laughs> the whole time and it says yes the extent of like i don't understand why anyone would write a memoir before the age of 60 and, <laughs> and i'm i'm essentially that shitty character <laughs> uh no you're you're actually much much better than that um that, that is just something that uh i know uh my friends and my wife, we always kind of chuckle about. It's just like, really, you, you've lived enough life. But uh, I would, I would tip my hat to you and say you have lived enough life to, to actually put out a memoir. Uh, most people are like, come on, you're 26 and you did some cocaine once. I don't think that qualifies as a, <laughs> a memoir. 
no, I, I know where you're coming from. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still feel self-conscious about it a little bit. I remember someone, there were a couple people who had put out porn memoirs while I was still in the industry. And they had kind of asked me like why I didn't do the same thing. And I kept telling them why. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I like, I feel like I've had a lot of unique experiences, but at the same time, I don't want to do that till there's kind of an end. Like, as a story, it has to have an end, and now it does. So, right. I guess that part of my life is is mostly behind me. Right. Um, so, actually, I had a question in regards yeah. to that. It's something that I definitely struggled with um, with writing was writing in the first person. Um, obviously, you you know this is you said mostly memoir, but you did create you know some fiction aspects of it. Sure. And the reason I got tangled is because I was like, well, that's not that's not the Douglas Light. That's not me. You know what I mean? How uh, was that though? When you write about yourself, you did mention your self conscious uh, at times in regards to that. Was it hard to kind of step back, or is that something you learned through your acting, or how does that play out with you? You know, that's an interesting. Um... <laughs> question i gravitate towards writing in the first person and to some degree that sounds narcissistic and maybe it is but you know what i when i was young got into literature through these kind of what i call um hot topic transgressive fiction like the <laughs> kind of like the, the Chuck Palahniuk and like the uh -huh. analysis of the world. Cause when I was right. like in middle school, that seemed like super edgy and cool. And it was also the most accessible. Cause like, you know, you saw the movie fight club yeah. and all, all of those books seem to be written in first person. So that was kind of like my introduction to like cool books. And I, so as a teenager, I think like I just picked up on that. And now, you know, I read a lot of stuff now. I mean, my world has been <laughs> opened up far, far past that. But um, I think that was just kind of like the style I first got into. And, right. and so it just has made sense for me ever since. Um, you know, I'm working on something right now where that is told in third person and um it's it's interesting sometimes i have to go back to other books and kind of look at how they talk about their like kind of their inner monologue or whatever because it is different and even though i read that all the time and and just like a novel that i pick up right it's not something that that's been ingrained in me style wise so i don't know i i, I don't think about it as much as it's me as as it is just the way that I learned to write um and I think that's kind of like a postmodern thing that that a lot of other novelists think of as like I don't know like I've, I've heard people talk about it as kind of kitschy or whatever but or maybe that's not the right word people yeah. think yeah but like but you know uh, it, that style was super in vogue when I was a teenager, I guess, right. is the shortest answer. Right, right. Well, it definitely adds, you know, a sense of urgency to it because uh, 
it's all happening to the person, <laughs> to the, to the so, character you're following. So, uh, so do you f feel a disconnect when you're writing in first person and then it's something that's not about you? Like, is that difficult for you? Yeah, it definitely was super difficult. When I first started uh, writing, I was doing, I think, pretty much what you just got done describing, writing in first person, and uh, just was not hitting. It just felt too uh, too close to me. So I shifted to third person writing, and even that, you know, when I described characters that were male, I still felt it was too close. So I started writing third person female characters, and uh, that's kind of really where I... <laughs> was able to to cut my teeth and uh, came out with a story collection that's all third-person female characters. And uh, and then I came back around. I was like, okay, I've honed the craft and I understand and the eye isn't me necessarily and uh, let's tell the story. But uh, yeah, because I'm definitely not as hard-boiled as my novel came out as. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's good to hear because... That guy, that guy does some fucked up stuff. Yes, he does. <laughs> but hopefully, he's still a bit sympathetic. You know, you can you can be a dick and still be sympathetic. But oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But, Just uh, from a from an experiential point of view, um, your your novel takes place. I mean, primarily in the United States, but there's also like a lot of like international traveling and like these kind of high-stakes situations in Macau and China and all the states. Do you travel a lot or have you traveled a lot? Uh, I have traveled, um, and I guess somewhat a lot. Uh, I'd say probably 50 to 70% of the places mentioned in there I've been to. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just kind of also added to the disbalance of the character. You know, you just – as you mentioned, he doesn't have a home. He doesn't he keeps right. moving around and just the foreignness of everything. And, uh, really, you know, at the core of where night stops were, yes, he does all these things and we have all these illicit activities, but it's really kind of a search for identity and, uh, with the constantly changing environment and background and people he comes Absolutely. across, it's, it's finding his identity, you know? And, uh, and so, but he kind of, doesn't or that was my takeaway like in the end you recall his mother who who dies in a car crash early in the book like telling him that he was going to grow up to be a stranger did i misremember that no that's that's exactly right yeah and that uh yeah that was one of the things i i kind of feel i don't know maybe this is i think this is not unique to myself and that's just that you know we're constantly discovering more about ourselves and constantly, you know, hopefully moving closer to our identity. But, uh, you know, even at the age I'm at, I'm like, man, I don't want to be an adult. <laughs> you know, I still want to do the fun kid stuff. And uh, writing to me is a lot of that. It's just a lot of play and a lot of imagination and, uh, you know, discovering who you are and uh, how you project yourself out into the world. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. And I liked that kind of i don't know that it's an ambiguous ending but the ambiguity in terms of um of conclusion with the book because we've gone through him on this journey and 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 to some extent i think there's still like a lot of conflict like a lot of conflict in terms of that person's inner self yeah yeah um, definitely because 
Do we, do we even learn his his real name by the end no, of it? No. No. <laughs> he remains nameless throughout. And uh, yeah, there's definitely a couple that aspect and the fact that, you know, there is no beautifully tied bow on the end, uh, I can see would uh, cut against some people's uh, taste. But uh, I kind of feel that's what life is. You know, you really don't have resolution. Even if you stop something and walk away from it, there's still threads connecting you back to it. And uh, maybe that's not what art's supposed to be. Maybe there is supposed to be a conclusion. But I've always felt that, hey, I, I'd rather create something that causes someone to ask a question than to walk away with an answer. No, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I don't know that there's a question at the end of my book. There's more of a... Um, I feel like I was almost fighting with my audience. I had a lot of resentment towards them. <laughs> so that was that was kind of how my book ends. Is is kind of a, a fuck you to my porn audience a little bit. Um, in any case, I guess people have to read it to figure out what that it means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a question I have. This just for for all kinds of artists and, and, and writers in particular, um, you asked me how kind of how I balance my life and, and find these moments of solitude in which I'm able to write, because as you know, writing is about being by yourself and doing this process. Right. Um, and I've found, um, you know, in more recent times, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's very difficult. Like the, you have to make a huge effort to find that space and also how does that work financially because i went do you know the the author chris kraus not no it doesn't ring a bell all right well she is kind of a big deal in certain uh academic spheres and her first really commercial thing happened with uh an Amazon.com original series called I Love Dick. It's based on a book she wrote in the 90s. Okay. And she comes from, do you like know who Kathy Acker or anyone? Yes, yes. Okay. So she comes from that kind of world, that mm -hmm. kind of like late 80s, early 90s, like. In your feminist. face, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like feminist punk writing. I don't know how else to say that. But um, to me, that always looked really cool and I thought that some of these people were successful authors and then I went to I read her book about Kathy Acker and realized like Kathy Acker never made any money writing <laughs> and I saw Chris Krauss read at an art school and there were like 10 people in the crowd and I was just like how the fuck do you do this like how do you survive and also write books because it takes a lot of time. And uh, she told me that she um, manages property in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, wow. And it was just interesting to pull the veil off people I look up to and be like, oh, this is not what you do for a living. And like, how as an artist fucking like, just just get to do your art. And you, you totally don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I'm curious. Because like, I don't fucking make a living from writing. And I wish I did, but... That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually an interesting question. That's something that um, I talk about a lot. And I, I kind of have, I don't know, 
a problem with because I went to grad school for writing and while I was in school my classmates were like yeah I can't wait to get done and start you know teaching at a college and I'm like well I'm actually here to become a writer not a teacher right and so people that roll right into academia I'm kind of like you're you're not out in the world you're not experiencing things and you're really cloistering your cloistering yourself to a point where I think it might be detrimental to your work so uh I got done writing. I started writing short stories, um, and I was like, I want to write and make money for it. And so I moved into advertising. So that's what I do on a nine to five basis: is I write for other people, and uh, it has definitely taught me how to work faster, you know, how to be more concise and uh, work for other people. Which you know, those skills and those tools have definitely helped me in my own work. Um, and it pays the bills. So that's what I do. And, uh, but I hear you. I mean, I envy people who are just like, they're wearing the, the Prada leather jacket and having coffees and like, how are you pulling that shit off? Because I have an idea of what you got advanced, you know, and, uh, even with, uh, you know, three or four books, you're not, no way you can afford the lifestyle you're living. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Well, okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm, it's cool that you're actually, you're using your skill to make a living though. I still don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm basically a video editor. <laughs> but you're, well. you're a storyteller via video. That's, that's <laughs> still in the same realm. Yeah. So would you say that you have like your process with, with working on your own stuff, uh, like, are you a sprinter or a long distance runner? I guess to write books, you have to be a long distance runner. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you have short bursts of energy or do you do this like ploddingly along for years? Yeah, it's it's the, the actual physical writing where you're sitting down and banging out the thing. Um, yeah. I'm pretty quick at it's just coming up with the idea. I mean, this book, Where Night Stops, I actually finished you know, the draft, which is 90% of what the book became back in 2010. And, uh, I've okay. start and stopped on probably three more novels and, you know, got to the 150 page mark and it's like, wow, I'm boring myself. There's no way I can entertain other people. So I've put those aside or turned them into short stories. And, uh, just now getting into, uh, a new novel where I feel the, the idea is, weighty enough to sustain a 300 page book um and so i'm getting excited again and sitting down and really you know doing the the goofy daily thing or writing down your word count and seeing how that grows and uh yeah it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mix you know i really wish i could say i put out a story a month or you know a chapter a week but that's life life happens and you, you know just do other things and then you realize uh, I don't know it, it, the longer you're in it for me, the more of a perspective of how I'm not changing the world. <laughs> I started out wanting to change the world and now I'm just like, you know, I can probably write a pretty good book that will entertain a few people. So, uh, focus on just being human, I guess. Uh, I feel that I, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, my process well I don't, like you said life gets in the way i mean i had been writing very consistently for about the past year on a a new project that's not body to job and then 
body to job came out i got swamped with work i was trying to do press i didn't write shit for a month and a half <laughs> i mean i wrote interviews but you know what i mean <laughs> those are so damn time consuming and then you're just like oh my four friends read it so great and they already know everything about that exactly um but it's you got to do it or, i mean i don't know if you have to you, it seems necessary <laughs> I I think it I think it is necessary. I think it's kind of a one of those accumulative effects, you know. After yeah, a while, people are like, oh yeah, hey, I saw that. Um, it's just really getting the content out there, and then you know you get a body of work, and then hopefully the next one gets you a step closer to making enough money to just do that. Yeah. So if you. If you could only do one, would you write books or screenplays? I would write books. You'd write books. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'd focus on that. That would be my primary thing. And then, you know, if I could adapt it, that'd be great. But that's how I, that's how I think. I mean, like the process of selling body to work, what was that like for you? What was the, uh, you know, when did you get it done? And when did you start sending it around and things of that nature? And, you know, rare bird is definitely unique in the sense that they, uh, they take risks. Um, it, and I think they just kind of bring that up. Well, I'm going to ask you the same question in a minute. Uh, cause, cause I'm very curious. I don't have a ton of experience outside of rare bird. Mm -hmm. I, the first book that I had published, basically I posted a few chapters on a blog and I had someone reach out to me who was in a, uh, well, it's just him. His name was mm -hmm. Jim Rourke. He ran a really small, he called it a micro press and he, uh, it was called queer young cowboys and they just did kind of like sex oriented work. And, um, he, he agreed to put it out, but it was right. like, you know, there was nothing behind it other than he and I, and it didn't do that well, I don't think. But um, I, I reached out to a friend of mine who had recently quit performing in the adult industry, and she yeah. has put out a book through Rarebird. Um, and and I realized they had this small imprint. I think it's called Barnacle Books, mm -hmm. and they. And a lot of the books under that imprint had to do with sex and so forth. And I was like, well, I have this novel that I'm working on or just about done with. Um, do you think you can introduce me? And so she did. And I sent it to Tyson at Rareford. And uh, here we are. <laughs> a few months later, he got back to me. Uh, so so literally, the, my second book was through Rarebird, which was not Body to Job. It's called The Wolves That Live in Skin and Space. And it's... Um, it's also about the adult industry, but it's definitely fiction. It's kind of an existentialist horror story. And so when I had the idea for body to job, um, I just went back to them. I just right. hoped that they would put it out and, and they agreed to, uh, thankfully. So I haven't, um, I haven't had a whole lot of, I mean, I, I did try with my last book to send it to a bunch of places, but I, I had no response and I've even uh, attempted to get an agent and so forth. And mm -hmm. I, I got one really nice email back and then that person ghosted me. So, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm bad at that or, or whatever, but uh, how did you land with Rarebird? 
I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. No, Rare Bird, um, well, the, the story of the, the book itself is interesting. I mentioned earlier that I finished it up, a draft in 2010, and I actually sold it to uh, another publisher, a uh, brand new imprint. And then uh, because of the Borders debacle of going out of business they they ended up losing a lot of money so they had like six titles ready to go and they canceled all six. Oh no gave me the rights back i mean we were pretty much ready to go to press and uh so i was like oh that was heartbreaking and uh, that is brutal yeah it was I'm you know starting to be uh like i had a story collection coming out in the fall i had the movie coming out in the spring and had the book coming out in the summer i thought oh yeah this is it i'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking there. And then, you know, the story collection wouldn't be picked up by Barnes and Noble for reasons I don't feel like getting into. The movie, you know, did well, but not to the point I wanted it to. And then the, the novel didn't come out. So all of a sudden, you know, the great year you expected turned out to be a mediocre one. But uh, so then I went through uh, three agents um, who did not sell it. And then a friend of mine from New York, because I was living in New York for couple decades uh he's like hey I, I know this guy who uh does a really cool has a really cool publishing house send it to him and so i sent it to, to tyson and uh mentioned my friend's name and sounds like similar to you you know yeah four or so months later he got back to me and uh and we started moving forward with that so uh well great well i'm glad it ended up there because they gave me a copy of your book and, and now i'm turned on to to your writing <laughs> cool yeah thank and, uh, you yeah it's funny how how you just all of this seems in my opinion seems to be like you know someone and they 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 kind of recommend you <laughs> yeah i i feel like that's it i was told long long ago by uh by an editor she's like uh yeah great writing you know it's important but that's kind of the cherry on top of everything. It's really about the story and it's about knowing the people and, you know, getting out there and, uh, sure. It seems more and more true. I mean, uh, it's really hard for just really great writing to, to break through. How do you go about, like, do you, do you read a lot of new authors these days or like, how do you find work that inspires you? Yeah, it goes through waves. Uh, lately I've been just reading a lot of nonfiction and kind of going back and, you know, picking up the, the books that I have missed, uh, just ripped through all of Joan Didion's nonfiction. So really okay. enjoyed that. Um, and then, you know, James Salter is a big, uh, really enjoy that guy's work and he died a year and a half, two years ago. So I just kind of going back through his stuff as well. I'm not familiar with him. What is, yeah. what's... Uh, his, his big one was, uh, called a sport in the pastime. It's a really small book, less than 200 pages. And, uh, he is kind of one of those writers, writers. Um, but, uh, you know, I would actually recommend picking that up because it's definitely got uh, a lot of uh, literary aspects, but it's really heavily sexual as well. And it, kind of one of those books that came out, I think, sold nothing. And then uh, over time, it's just slowly, slowly found an audience. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. So... Uh, but yeah, that's kind of kind of what it is. Just go back and forth and uh, kind of get ideas just from reading the newspaper, the magazines, and finding out you know what the hell's going on in the world because things are so crazy now. You're just like, oh my god, yeah. I couldn't have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I so. find um, lately that I, I mean, there's so much, not even print material, but like online material. And I think a few years ago, I was really just trying to consume everything, the news, all of that constantly. And I feel like, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I'm trying, like these days, I almost just want to bury my head in the sand. And like, it's it's kind of like a nice act just to pick up a book, just a paperback or hardcover that's like not my computer and just read. <laughs> I, I yeah. prefer fiction, like, just because like, I mean, I know essentially what's going on in the world and it is screamed at me on social media every right. day, at least the headlines. And maybe that's a shitty thing to do. It's just, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm reading right now, like, uh, what is this name? Missioner's work. It's about. It's James, James Missioner? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's source. It's like this book on the history of Judaism. And then I'm also reading this science fiction novel called Hyperion. <laughs> and, uh, I like, um, which are both books that aren't typically things I would pick up, but they were both right. suggested to me. And then, I don't know, like, are you familiar with Dennis Cooper? I think for a yeah. lot of twenties, he was kind of the guy that informed my style and probably one of the reasons I tried to gravitate towards a very minimalist, um, sexual style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could see that, definitely. But, I don't know, I read through all of his stuff years ago. Um, right. I like that French author, Michel Houellebecq, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. He, I was, the two or three novels that I've read by him, I end up being depressed for a month <laughs> afterwards. And I'm like, why did I read that? I knew I'd be depressed. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Come on, you have a, a little bit of this pessimistic ending. In New York. Yeah, I, I, I can, I agree to that. But I, uh, I kind of feel like uh, what I find dark, people find humorous, and what I find humorous, people find dark. So maybe it's just, you know, the same coin flipped over. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so what are you working on? You said you're working on something right now. What do you got going on? Yeah, I'm working on a book. It is, uh, it is, as, the easiest way I could put it is it's a horror novel. I guess okay. that's what I, as a, as a kid, that's what I set out to write. And I got kind of sidetracked by the porn industry and, and what kind of what that brought out in me. And there are a lot of interesting questions I wanted to delve into, but I think you'll see I don't know if you read all of Body to Job, but certainly in the last hundred pages, um, there are bits of that kind of genre fiction that peek its head out. And I really kind of just want to go full force into that. That's right. just been my love since middle school. Um, so I'm working on a horror novel. And it's, I think the most interesting thing about it, aside from <laughs> the writing, is... Um, I started this maybe two years ago uh, and it's had a lot of starts and stops, but I have to finish it because I worked with an artist friend of mine who put me in touch with both a photographer and a film director um, who, are, who are kind of at my level of like, we haven't been wildly successful, but we're pretty good at what we do. Mm -hmm. And we decided to make visual vignettes to accompany some of the chapters oh cool 
so that, like there's photos from a film that doesn't exist and then there are but now i guess we're making a film but it's not um the film is something that you would put in a gallery it's not like it's not the whole narrative it's not like a it just has these like slow motion vignettes around it so best case scenario we would put out a novel that has fine art photos in it and worst case scenario those will come out separately or just appear like in a gallery release show or something like that that'd be really cool yeah yeah i've i've, I've attempted to you know have some friends uh illustrate a novel of mine and i realized most people don't read so <laughs> they're like yeah no that's a great idea that'd be really cool and then you never hear from on that topic again so i don't want to pursue it but uh right yeah the, this whole concept of uh cross and i mean you you live it cross genre not even cross genre cross arts um aspect is i don't know i find that intriguing i mean i really enjoy seeing not just the words on page but also uh, how other people interpret them visually and like, musically yeah i'd really love to to see the movie that you wrote um I, i'm i'm particularly intrigued in adaptations and adaptations where i can actually talk to the person let's see yeah yeah how, how this happens so i may hit you up about that but um oh, cool yeah yeah i in this particular process i don't think i would do this again i just have to finish it because i started but it's become <laughs> way too expensive <laughs> oh i can believe because it's like even though i'm not paying people much it's still like it's still a film production you still have to have actors and makeup artists and I'm doing a horror film. So of course it's, or a horror book. So of course right. it's, it's somewhat violent. And um, but yeah, um, I have no idea when that will be done, but hopefully next year we could start releasing stuff. I don't really know. Maybe we'll cool. be interested. What about you? You said you, you have, you're well into a book. Yeah, just kind of uh, having fun again with it. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting down every morning and putting in a couple hours. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've decided not to put a deadline on it yet um, and just see what happens. So that's what we got. And going back and pretty much poaching things that from my old works that didn't get out into the world and trying to revise and make those better as well. So sure yeah so well, very cool um i actually do have my advertising job so i'm gonna have to jump back here but uh no worries wanna, yeah i want to thank you a lot for uh, taking the time to chat it's really great and uh really excited to hear how you know this project brought it to work and as well as your future projects go and with you too so let's uh one more time sign off all right fantastic I'm Douglas Light. Uh, my novel is Where Night Stops, and it's out now, so check it. My website is douglaslight.com. My name is Christopher Zyshegg. My book, Body to Job, is available now through Rare Bird Books. You can find me on my website at christopherzyshegg.com, but you probably can't spell that, so I would suggest going through my social media, which is actually my old porn name, Danny Wild, at Danny Wild on Twitter, at Danny Wild on Instagram.